Welcome to the Staten Island uh, Media Group and our headquarters here at Corporate Commons 3 in Staten Island. Today we are launching our pilot episode of M Squared. Uh, M Squared is going to be a little bit of an adventure where we communicate with our co-hosts Anthony Rapachulo and Mike Bloomfield uh, about business, building brands, and understanding what it's like to create a buzz in a local marketplace. Uh, throughout the series, we're going to have a, a variety of different guests and uh, partners that come on the series that end up being able to tell their story, their journey, being able to create a scenario where they share a little bit of experience or knowledge from what they've done here in a local market, but also give some insight on how to scale, how to grow, what are the pains of businesses, what are the what are the growing pains, what are the the day-to-day -day pains and struggles, and then how do you get through them and keep a positive, upbeat feel to what you're doing and continuing to to give that perception, that persona in business that you're keeping above water. So with that being said, Anthony Rapachulo. You know, he's he is the media mogul, Dan, but I, I gotta tell you, you really missed a career in being a talk show host. That was fantastic. Dan, that was great. Dan on the street. That was great. I mean, you just have so much practice. That's great. First of all, your new headquarters are beautiful. So really nice. How long have we been here, yes? Uh we've officially been in about six months. So, oh, more impactful. They've been in six months. Do you actually have the ability to let yourself in yet, or do you have to hope someone's inside and ring the bell and they let you in? Well, you ring the bell because you're a guest. You don't work here. Well, I just said the camera. I should have a key card when they leave to come back in. And she said, I don't even have one to get in. I know phone. So we see where this is going to go. What it's all on the phone. So. I have to heavily script him. We have, <laughs> we have technology. So, Dan, thank you for that great introduction. Um, my name is Anthony Rapp. Uh, I am a... Staten Islander through and through. I am happy to be here. Dan, thanks for having us be a part of this. I own a marketing and PR firm called PR Decision. Uh, we've been around for about 18 years here on the island. We represent mostly nonprofits uh, and also some for-profit entities, but it's great to kind of be able to speak with you guys and speak with our listeners and our viewers and talk about things that could bring them value. Because at the end of the day, I think that most of the population, especially here in Staten Island, small island pops, don't really understand the value of marketing or branding or even understand the difference between the two. Sure. So, sure. I mean, I've been here with the with the advance for going on almost 10 years now. And 10 years ago in the digital media space, it seemed like some of the business owners, not because of lack of capability, but it's just the nature of the island where like 10 years behind the times in the digital space. And I can, I can say that still now to this day, just because things constantly evolve and, and, shift and move and change in the digital space. There's so many rules, regulations that are evolving constantly that it was kind of uncharted territories for some time. And a lot of people could have their cousin or their brother or their nephew or yourself, somebody. Right, everybody's doing it. That's, so, that's, not, just the, that's not just the technology Every, field. I remember when I had cousins. Everyone's doing it. But the other thing is that when, I mean, you guys deal with clients across the spectrum, obviously, uh, here at the Advance. But in my world, you know, you deal with either really large companies here on the island where you deal with the small mom and pop. Both of them kind of know they need to do something and both of them, in most cases, have the funds to do so. But it's just the smaller guys as owner operators, in most cases, don't have time to do it. And the larger guys think that they're so big that they think Staten Island is small, they're already big fish. So why do I need to reinvest any money in anything? We're here. If you don't know who we are, then it's your problem. Right. 100%. But take somebody like Mike, if you want to introduce yourself, who took himself from a couple hundred bucks in his pocket and working out of his attic to 
now having a really successful tech business. So it was a basement. Mike Bloomfield, I am the president and geek of Techie Geek. Um, I think I might be in the wrong podcast. You guys are talking about marketing. Why am I here? No, but uh, we just celebrated our 10 year anniversary. And as Dan just said, you know, I started, I was actually having a conversation with someone recently, and they're like, How did you get the capital to start your business? I was like, What do you mean? It took 500 bucks. You know, so with that, I got very lucky. I've, you know, Techie Geek has grown from me working in my basement. It took me time to grow the business, grow a brand. And for the first couple of years, I worked full time. I was what we call in our industry a, uh, you know, a one man MSP, a trunk slammer. And I am an accidental slammer. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> and you're going to come back and explain to everyone what MSP is. Uh, we're very good no friends. one, I still no one knows what MSP we'll come is. We'll worry about that later. But it really doesn't matter what MSP is. Just have to know I'm the IT superhero of cybersecurity here to protect Staten Island businesses. Um, but yeah, so IT is boring. It's a bunch of acronyms that no one knows. As you said, you're my friend. You've been my friend now going on for 10 years and you have no idea what MSP means. No one does. But I, I talk to owners of IT companies and they can't tell you what your MSP is and they're an MSP. Because nobody cares. No one cares. And that's what creating my brand and I've been very lucky and over the course of these podcasts, we'll talk about, I've worked for some really good people that I've learned from and it helped me to grow and understand how to market and brand the business. And now on Staten Island, when you think of IT, you think of cybersecurity. Thankfully, most people think of Techie Geek. And so I think something, right? Well, and I appreciate you guys both being here because I brought you in to the fold here with this whole concept because you guys both understand marketing in a different way than many business owners don't. And you've built your own brands out of that, that passion for branding and marketing. And that's that's really what I appreciate about both of you. I mean, everything from your plug to being your elevator pitch of being the IT superheroes here in Staten Island to the the back to the future throwback that you're wearing on your shirt. You know, I mean, your brand, your logo, everybody knows it from, if they've ever been to an event on Staten Island, they know PR Cision, hopefully. Yeah. And so that's, well, that's really, I, I find you two to be, uh, different than most business owners because you're like a hybrid in, in marketing and branding what you're doing. A lot of people could only do their craft and that's okay. That's what people could do what they're good at. That's what they should do. But you guys are multifaceted and, and I appreciate you coming in to be able to talk to some of our guests and the people that'll be on the series. So I think, I don't know where you were going to go, but I was going to uh, jump in. Well, I'm going to jump um, into way quickly what he said about everyone knows PR Cision. Well, that's what I was going to Business owners know PR Cision because they know Anthony. But the one thing that you, he does right that I, I see all the time is most people don't know him because he stays behind the scenes. Tomorrow, you know, we have uh, the the mini bash. He's a huge factor in helping to put that together. You don't see PR Cision all over the place. He's behind the scenes. He makes the job. He makes it so they market. They sell out. They sell all their raffle tickets. They make a great, a, a large amount of money for the of the organization, and he's not out there saying PR decision. As we all about sound the, like he knows what he's talking about during the speech. That's so important. Like, well, you guys both sit on the board for for the the Beanie Foundation, correct? Yeah. So why don't you tell us a little bit about the Call Beanie Foundation and, and what they do on the island and, and why it's significant to be able to to pay tribute to him and also celebrate the way that we do when we get together. Every year for the for their big fundraiser, I would take that one. Yeah, you had to so, that. Uh, 
So the, the Beanie Fund was founded um, after a fallen firefighter, rescue five firefighter, Colby Beanie, uh, after the tragedy of 9-11. And the mission of the organization is basically to help Staten Islanders in a time of need. So we've had significant impact, which I'll go into, but, but the mission statement being so vague, we get questions all the time like, all right, so you help people in a time of need, but what does that mean? Because most nonprofits, which we all know, have a specific designated mission. We're going to aim to cure cancer. We're going to end a disease. We're going to help a child. So in, in the Beanie Fund's case, it's unique because we kind of react to what the community needs. Um, you know, past successes, if you could say, have been during Sandy, like so many other organizations, we were able to put about $2.1 million back into the Staten Island community through a partnership with Catholic Charities of New York. Um, something on the opposite end of the spectrum, you know, there was a time when Nike had a basketball league, <clears throat> excuse me, and Nike stopped funding this basketball league. So there was 500 kids that used to go to this league, and we got a call, and we funded the league for five years. So you know, right. 500 kids had something to do. So it kind of goes all across the board. You know, during COVID, through our relationships, we were able to get uh, about $50,000 worth of PPE uh, immediately when no one else could get it through our relationship with the firehouses. And we're able to distribute it and bring it around. So so the answer or the, the mission statement is vague. And a lot of people always say, what is it that you do? And the real answer is that we're reactive, I would say, not proactive, where we're trying to proactively raise money for a cause. We're reactive in that we'll build our resources so that when someone makes a phone call, they can't put food on the table, kid needs a scholarship, a home needs an entrance ramp with an exit for wheelchair accessibility. We they, just do it. They have it up. They have an immediate need form that if anyone is in, in need immediately, where it might take them time to get from another organization, we're there immediately. You know, if your house burns down and you need to put yeah. clothes and on and on your kids and get them back at school, we're there for you. So not only are we there for you know when there's big huge disasters, five hundred kids, but they're also there for just a family needs help at that moment. Something tragic happened. And they need help now. That's what we're there for. So now, it's a great organization. Now you guys, both being business owners on the island, you you give a lot. You give a lot back, and it's always appreciated to see what you guys do in the community. But you know, for for some people, when they when they see certain logos and brands on something all the time, sometimes people think it's just disingenuous. Uh, like nobody could be that nice. How are you that nice? How do these people give so much? So why don't you take a couple of minutes to talk about why giving into our community where grew up, where we live, like why it's important and what's special about this island that really other people don't get if you're not living here, if you're not on the rock, like people just don't get it. So it's like the, the thing that everybody says. I mean, I hear it all the time. I'm sure you guys hear it all the time. Anybody listening or watching, I'm sure, has heard it, but you aren't getting, you know, Citibank to sponsor your son's baseball team, right? You just, it's not happening. You're not getting um, Chase to sponsor, you know, the softball team. You're getting Techie Geek, you're getting PR Cision, you're getting the Advance, you're getting these, I don't want to say smaller companies, but you're getting the mom and pop companies, the, the entrepreneurial companies, and the really ingrained local companies to sponsor these things because it matters because they're at the end of the day, our kids, our nephews, our nieces, or whatever it may be. And the community we interact with in Staten Island is much different than anywhere else. It's not corporate. It's, you know, I know you and you're a huge executive here at the events, right? Like that's the reality, but we're friends. You know, you have what I would say, what the top 
IT firm in Staten Island. That's a safe assumption to say, right? If we had to use metrics and you're accessible and you're here. So I think it's important that people realize that you need to give back to the community because that's what ultimately is going to get your brand out there and make people see that you care about what's going on. I, I always say the community is what helped to grow Tacky Geek, right? $500 in my pocket that I used to start the organization. The first thing I did with that was to join the Stalin Chamber of Commerce and to get involved. And thankfully, I luckily realized that Stalin, we, we are different than everywhere. You know, we are very lost. We are very community basis. As as much as we sometimes might be Staten Islanders, and people know what that means when you talk about different TV shows and how they represent Staten Island, we are very community oriented. And I, I learned that very quickly. And I wanted to help because this community is what helped to grow me that quickly. It's what allowed me three years in the you know, of starting my organization to go out and hire someone. And, and realize that I need to be involved in the community. I need to be at the Chamber of Commerce events. I need to be helping the not-for-profits that are doing amazing things for organizations in the community like Staten Island because ultimately, if the community succeeds, it's going to help my company succeed. My employees live in the community. My employees, the kids that we're helping today are going to be my employees 15 years from now because everything I do is for the long haul. I'm not here to start this and get out. I'm here to be here forever. Hopefully one day pass this off to my two girls who probably won't want anything to do with this. They're also six and three, so I probably don't have the ability to make that decision. You'll be dead by that. You yeah. probably got a shot at at least one. Well, why are you killing me off for it? So long. Um, but, you know, the community is so important, and that's why I get back. And I want to be a part of it. And, it, and ultimately, by being a part of that community, the community wants to give back to you as well. So it's organic. And, and, and it works out, and that's why I do. And to me, that's branding. That's not marketing. It's branding. You're branding yourself because right. you're involved. It's social currency, right? So you're at all, you know, yesterday we had a conversation social in the elevator. Currency. I'm sure, I'm sure you, it's social currency. <laughs> but, but I'm sure you were there yesterday. Were you with him for his marathon events or at least? He came to one. I mean, so you're looking at this guy's social feed, and he was, from the, the moment he woke up till the moment he went to sleep, you were at three different events. And... Whether they were paid events or not, I don't know, because I didn't dig that deep. But in any event, you were there. You were physically there. And you being in the room with, you know, the Sound Island Museum and uh, Kiwanis, right? What else was it? Something else. SIDC. Yes, SIDC. So you took four hours out of your day to be at things that aren't making you money. Let's just be frank, right? In other words, it wasn't a paid gig. You weren't asked to be there or paid to be there. And, and you show up. You do the right thing. And people see you. And people on the island respect that, where I think... In other places and other boroughs, that that respect it just does almost doesn't matter. But here it makes a difference. And I would like to just say, thankfully, I'm able to do that because I have an amazing staff. Right. And that's sure. one thing that a lot of business owners I think don't realize is you have to have staff. You have to treat your staff right because if it wasn't for them, I'd be stuck in the office handling service tickets, on projects, and because I have the team I do. I'm able to go and work as much as I can on the business right. rather than in a business. You provide a good work-life balance for, for your staff, your employees. It's a, it's more of a culture thing in your office than than a job, you know? I mean, it's insert cool techie geek office here. Just <laughs> I mean, from the, from the comics to the video games, we were in there last week and I said, I don't think anybody could work. I don't think anyone does any work. I don't think they work either. But yeah, but yeah you're getting it done. So 
So credit to you. Let's uh, shift gears a little bit. Let's talk about. We want to hear about you, ChatGTP. Oh. No, no, we want to hear about you. You keep. Going. I was going to waste, but yeah, we want to hear about you. <laughs> good, good. So I am the uh, senior advertising director for the Staten Island Media Group, uh, which is an offshoot of the Staten Island Advance and SI Live. Uh, like I mentioned earlier, I'm almost almost a decade in here, uh, which has been kind of a, an interesting journey because Staten Island is it's it's very connected to themselves and people who grew up here and people that grew up here work here uh and you don't get that in every other borough so i grew up on the south side of chicago went to college at pratt institute in brooklyn new york moved to manhattan where i was working on different agencies on the creative side uh and started working at the carpenters union at the same time and i met a girl from staten island and found my way best kind of girl <laughs> best girl so i was fascinated with uh i'm going over for sunday dinners going to my in-laws house and we'd take a bus from we lived on 72nd in columbus so we take the bus from uh columbus circle and go back and forth that most sundays which was well uh, worth it how good the bus come on it was the best yeah the well, best listen time. that was after i owned i owned a pub at house kitchen at the same time so it was oh. we're closing up at five there in the morning you know, and you're waking up the next morning to come out here for a home-cooked meal is the best. Um, I don't know if you time it correctly, the hangover and the meatball can meet simultaneously. That's, that was the plan. Right, that's, <laughs> that was the plan. Anyway. Oh. <laughs> but then, uh, you know, when we moved to Staten Island, I, I was still working in the city. And I would see this newspaper on my father-in-law's coffee table all the time. I had no idea what it was. And I, I always thought to myself, why does this borough have its own publication? What is this? And I picked it up and I looked one day and there was a job posting. If, if you're a creative that wants to get into advertising and has an, you know, an interest in business and sales, you know, come apply. And within 24 hours of applying, I actually got a phone call back, which has never happened to me for any job I've applied to or anything that you ever see that's on LinkedIn. When you've seen 10,000 people have already applied, you never hear back within like within 24 hours, I got a call back and with real people would come in and, I took the job on the spot. That's the first overqualified Brian Swanning, right? Just here we go. Got him. That's it. Now, was that was that honestly the first time you ever opened the paper? A newspaper? No, the not the a new the event. Now, hold on, I'm gonna stop it right here. Is so I say advance. Ninety nine percent of people I know say advance. You say advance. What's the truth? I know Shane's done a segment on this. There's but, been a handful of different segments. It depends on who you ask and who's from Apple. Well, why do well, Why do you say advance? Why do you so? Why do you say advance? It's from Chicago. It's I have a I have a funny accent. He also says mozzarella. Oh, well, that's all right. We'll let you go. I say ricotta, too. Please don't <laughs> ever say that. <laughs> wow. Don't do that. <laughs> all right. So so, so, a bit, so there really is no answer. I think we'd have to pull Brian into that conversation to be the final. What does he say? I've never actually heard him say the word. I think he says both. I've heard him say both. I don't know. There's no rhyme or reason for select or portion. This is, this is it's Porsche. You go on their website, they the button you hit playing, it says it for you. Advance. Stand out on advance. I apologize. Go ahead. Go ahead. We digress. Yeah, I joined it. So anyhow, yeah, that was the first time that I actually looked at the Staten Island advance. And and quite honestly, we grew up in a unique time, right? We grew up without cell phones. We grew up without primary technology. You might have been born in the womb with technology. Dating ever since. But 
There's a picture of me at two playing a cold computer. I lived, Whereas, I lived in Europe without a phone. Like I would, if I had to call my parents or like check in on what the White Sox score was, it would be at like midnight with the phone car right. and standing in a public piazza. Oh, oh, remember it? Oh, gosh. <laughs> you have to call the number, have the number. In. If this ever gets on like a TikTok or anything, kids are like, what's a phone card? Where do you saw it? But I didn't have a cell phone until after 9 11, you know? And that was because my parents were couldn't get in touch with me. So I had a phone before that, and you're older than me. Yeah, yeah. In the E one. Remember the pagers? I had a pager. I'm a pager. But we, we grew up, we evolved with technology, right? So coming in for me in advertising, who had worked on the design side, worked in print and, and things like that, I was hired to really shift into a digital first model when SI Live came about and it became news first to SI Live because of speed to market with the internet. Then the print publication changed. It was always an afternoon paper, but you know, it was just, it was a different approach. And uh, to be able to to work for the advanced family overall and to walk into a place that gives you the best education in the world, in addition to what I've already learned from real life experience, it's it was like getting a master's degree in digital marketing and advertising working here. So just everything from basic 101 SEM and SEO to the most advanced extreme understanding of analytics and working and as Google's evolved and other platforms have evolved to, to really being able to be hands-on and understand what the different products are and do and what role they play in influencing person's decision-making and what, what that consumer journey is. We created it, right? right. We made right. people understand it's, it's branding up front, but how do you get people to actually do something? How do you influence them to make a conversion, or which is a huge buzzword, right? How do you get that conversion? How do you get... Everyone loves the buzzwords. For the, for the restaurants, though, how do you get asses and seats, right? Like, let's get people in the door. Right. How is that measured? How is that... How do you present that to a business owner to make a smart decision around it? But even the advanced SI Life had to adapt in, in order to survive. And that's the one thing. They, they were smart enough, however, you know, 10 years ago to bring you on as they were moving to that digital-first, you know, philosophy... Because they realized that if they were just a paper, where would they go? And it goes back to just yesterday, I was looking for an article from 2003. So I'm trying to look for this article, and I ended up going on the uh, Wayback Machine on the internet to bring up an archive, and you jump on to the events in 2000, SI Live in 2003, and it's like listing three articles and saying, for more articles, purchase the events. Right. They were giving you like a little taste of it, because it was the paper first. Right. They wanted you to go to the store and buy the paper or subscribe and have the paper boy throw through your window. That was a great game. Um, and But they understood that they had to adapt and change. And that's why SI Live is here today. SI Live Studios, I think, is another one because you're adapting and changing. And that's the thing I feel that a lot of business owners is, you know, don't understand is you have to adapt. Right. And that's why they, they pigeonhole themselves, right? A lot of business owners feel that they could just go ahead and uh, it's just second it and forget it. Right. And, you know, how many that work to me once, it's going to keep right. working. How many do, you know, do a web of Facebook or and even blog posts you go on that are running an article aggregator that's basically just linked to a source that's just putting fake blog posts up that's going to hundreds of websites, so hurting your Google SEO to begin with. And they say, oh, I, you know, I have blog, I have Facebook, it's every day. It's but they don't care about the Google. Right? 
because it, it depends on what kind of company they're with. It depends on whether they've adapted or whether they're old school. Right. I mean, you know better than I do, the Madison Avenue people, right? In other words, that whole era, the Mad Men era, is gone, right? I think they're almost they're almost extinct, literally, because even the guys who are still pushing traditional, sorry, advance, traditional, you know, print advertisement and billboard and outdoor media, it works. But I, I think it only works as a component to an overall strategy, which you guys do really well. It's no longer, you know, I saw a billboard and we'll use Gary. I saw a billboard with my realtor, Gary Fleming, and I'm gonna buy a house from him. No, I'm not. You just wasted 10 grand on a billboard. But if you put that into a spend, with media and with conversion, with all that stuff, you have a synergy that allows the business to grow and you can track it. Like you said, it's conversion. It's a campaign that has lots of pieces that have to all come together to make that file. That, that billboard has to be the way to now get someone to at least search right, you know, to your website to now go and track them in a cookie and now harass them on Facebook. Call it harassment because that's what it is. That's but what that's what's going to end up when they're every time you're on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok looking through. And there's Gary doing the old glasses oh, off. The glasses. Now off. it's going to be the button click to view it. It's that whole campaign. And that's, you have to, and really, you have to plan it out. And you could quantify it. They could track it. Like you said, Dan. So what's tough, though, I, I find is that sometimes business owners don't know how to communicate their goal. They have a they have an idea or there's a, a wedge in between what they, what they say and what they want and what they actually want to have happen within media. So if you go to a restaurant owner, back to that example, go to a restaurant owner, say, what do you want to do? I want to be a household name in Staten Island. Right. Okay. We'll do, we'll run a great branding campaign because then you'll be a household name in Staten Island. You go in a month later, it's not working. What's well, not working? Right. like, we're branding a campaign, you're getting great results. My seats aren't getting filled yet. That's a different right. objective. You want something that's actionable and direct response. So really, I think one of the, one of the things that I enjoy about doing this is that you get to work with the business owners to get them to make their business better. And that's also being in part of the community. That's how you're supportive to each other. Uh, there's been a handful of conversations that we've had in the executive club that have touched on relying on on the business community as partners to be able to to really help each other grow there's plenty of business out there right and, and it's there's enough for multiple people in a vertical to coexist it's just how do we do it well and how do we do it well so that way a business owner doesn't have a bad experience and doesn't you know digital media is a fickle thing it's sometimes people think it's like a unicorn you know so how do you make sure that that business owner doesn't get burnt and doesn't then realize the opportunity that was lost there. I could give you everyone's goal. We might say. Yeah, but everyone, it doesn't matter if you're a not for profit sure. for fundraising. Right. If you're a business and you want asses in the seat, money. If you're branding, it's to bring money at some point. And, you know, ultimately everyone's goal is to bring more money and revenue into their organization. But to Dan's point, there's a reason. I mean, I'm not going to use the example of the table, but there's a reason why eight out of 10 people. I don't want to say, I'll say it in the country, but I would probably say globally in their own respective language, when they ask for a brown carbonated beverage, they call it a Coke. When there's Pepsi and RC Cola and there's a reason. Yeah, of course there's a reason. And, and there's a reason why there are probably 300 brands of those little pieces of tape with cotton underneath that everybody calls them Band-Aid, right? You never said, I'll take whatever the hell the other brand of Band-Aid's called. You say, I'll have a Band-Aid. 
and that's the, the branding aspect. There are other, and that's the value that takes a long time for, for customers yeah. and clients to see. So the restaurant owner, he's not thinking about that, right? But in the same respect, if your campaign led to me and my wife talking about it over coffee Sunday morning, that she heard you guys went to this great place, and because of that, we then went, can't track it. Now, you were talking about, listen, we are talking about the concept of like, oh. the 69-cent cheeseburger that turned into a clown being a <laughs> known as well as Jesus Christ right. out there, right? Yeah. Like that's that's being able to figure out that branded marketing play and the intrinsic value of yeah. like how some of the actions can pay off long-term and some are more immediate. And that's kind of what you got to measure. And, 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 and it's going to definitely be, you know, as we break down in the whole point of this podcast and, and trying to educate is we're going to have many discussions because many business owners unfortunately don't know there is a difference between branding and marketing. And, and when you and when I talk to many business owners out there, they don't understand that. And and your goals- I don't think you understood it until you became friends with Until they didn't. Oh, they, oh, they, 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 they me. Not even me. Wow, and you. Rap got kicked out. to the curb. No case on me. Thanks to playing them on each other. I, don't, I had no idea. But no, and, and, I, and I'll be the first one to say, I Techie Geek is very good at branding. You are? I'm not the best at marketing. Well, because what you have to sell, no one really wants. Exactly. They need it, they, they don't need know. It, but they don't want different. They don't want trends, right. they don't want to pay for it. So lead generation marketing is, is much harder for me. And that's why I've put all my effort in the branding because I need them when it comes time to, when they finally have that aha moment, you have to I need tech geek, I need, you know, I need uh, IT, I need cybersecurity, tech geek. That's the first thing that needs to pop in their mind. Well, full transparency in the world that we're living in, right? I'm, I imagine we could say this, but you're doing your branding while Dan and his team runs an amazing campaign that's focused on branding and on conversion. So it's ultimately both things that is leading to the success. Yes. A lot of clients that we talk to, even people we just talked to, forget about clients, just advice. They'll say, okay, we want to do X. I'll say, you can do X. And they'll say, but we don't want to do Y. And I say, but if you just go after 200 leads and you don't do any branding, then even if you close all 200, you got to start all over again. Right. And that sometimes is the conversation that gets them to understand that you got to do both simultaneously rather than just one or the other. Because right. you may feel good if you close 200 deals, but then you have to start all over again because only those 200 people know techie. Right. And, and no one else knows about you. I think it's the same way with Dan probably deals with and a ton of the topic of a podcast, right? The whole goal is to talk about things we're going to come down the pipeline is with Google and paid search versus SEO, right? Anyone could go and do paid search and you could dump all your money. And yeah, I could, you could start closing deals and getting conversions, but as soon as you turn that money off, they all dropped. And that's why you got to do paid search and SEO together because when you turn, start to turn that faucet down and bring down the paid search, you need to cook the cook. You need the leads to continue in, and that's where SEO and organic comes into play. Well, that's in a perfect scenario. The paid search should only account for like 15% of your leads, and the, the organic should be for 85%. You have a unique branded model that your branding has nothing to do with IT. You know, it's, it's competitive with superheroes and comic books and, and the genre of the things that, that, you like and has built your brand, but the robots behind the scenes right. don't, don't care about that. They see superhero right. 50 times 
and and <laughs> and, and the they come up with new releases, <laughs> you know, and they don't know what you're talking about. So that's why, like, we work with our SEO team to really get your brand across, but still at the same time achieve the the goal of better right. ranking within the, the, good, the digital gods. The good there. thing is, though, you know, in a few months, Robox will be replaced with AI. And it will get that's the, next, that's the next topic. You know, talk, about, <laughs> talk about ChatGTP. This is your favorite new toy. Oh, well, the thing that you've been playing around with constantly. It's taken over your life. It probably even helps you communicate to your wife better. Uh, it, I'm sure wait, she wait, wait, much better. Full transparency, I did tell her. I did have it write my Christmas poem to her. I heard <laughs> how you and wrote her a Christmas poem. That's no, cool. I did not write her Christmas wow. poem. I asked Chad. But you had the thought. I had the thought. Of it, and she was a nice poem. It's always the thought that counts. Uh, you know, and our own mm-hmm. George Costanza. <laughs> Unbelievable. Okay, Costanza. So you're, the, the thing with ChatGPT, you called it a toy. It's not a toy. It's a tool. And it's a tool that every business needs to get on now at the ground floor because it's at the entry point and it's only the beginning. And I'm excited. A little scared because I have watched Terminator. You have to be scared. Yeah. I have watched Terminator. Everyone should be scared. A little scared, but I am excited to see what is how this is going to progress. So, you know, for the everyone out there that doesn't know what ChatGBT is, it came out at the end of November, and it's artificial intelligence, and it's a language-based learning module, models. But we always had these these AIs, but there was no way to interact with it. They've put a basically a chat interface so now you're able to chat with the ai and have it talk back to you which is scary have it write articles for you ask for it to give you titles like seeing full transparency my my co-host here hated me for it but i asked chat gpt to help us come up with some topics for the podcast for the titles of the podcast for a layout of the podcast chat gpt is an amazing tool now there's a I'm sure we'll have many talks about this as it, it, it grows and gets out there. However, a lot of people are afraid of it, especially in higher education because they're worried about plagiarism. This is a free tool. It's completely yeah. free, right? It's going to screw the education system. Okay. But, that's but they right. said that with Google. They said that with calculators. They say you go back in time. Yeah. It's it's a tool, right? I, I we, we have this conversation. I remember being back in high school and being like, can I use a calculator for my math? You know, my out- well, yeah. you're not going to have a calculator in your pocket. Oh, yeah? Right? You remember when Google came out? Well, Google. They were like, can we use Google to help write the paper? No, you got to use the book. Remember, you weren't allowed to go on the internet. You had to use the book. And it's right. like, why? You're not going to have Google with you. I'll have Google with me. So right now, they're afraid of it. Oh, you're not going to always have AI with you. Come on. I have AI in my pocket right now. I can Already. Look, yeah, just talk to Siri. And, Whatever. Right. right. So it's afraid. Now they worry about plagiarism, but there's going to be tools. AI will be able to detect that it was AI written content. You'll be able to give it three papers and then another paper, and you'll say, no, that's not the same writing style. That person cheating because it's artificial intelligence, like a teacher. There's a lot of pros. Of course, there's cons. You know, go back two weeks ago, my marketing uh, staff, a girl, she was concerned. She said to me, like, what are you, replacing me with AI? I said, I am not trying to replace you with AI. I'm trying to elevate you with AI. And here we are. It's a nice way to put someone up. And here we are. <laughs> and here we are two weeks later, and she's using it just as much as I am. I, am I pretty? No, you're just not that attractive. <laughs> just, but she's, you know, two weeks later, I'm giving her a, she's coming to me. I love it. 
I've used it. It's basically, I, I think she's like, it's not helping, it's not replacing my creativeness. It's helping to, and it's elevating it because I'm able to go and speak with it and it brings it to the next level. Now, and it's, the, oh, no, good. And it's the task, right? Writing in a blog post, which might have taken you two hours, you can now write in 15 minutes. I'm not saying to go out, use ChatGPT, generate the blog post and post it up. Then you're no better than the article aggregator. But what you can use is, hey, I need an SEO of right. optimized article title. Give me the blog. Now take it and put in your own words and your own brand. And it's a, I'm very excited to see what it's going to be. It's currently free. They just released a paid version called Pro of it. Mm -hmm. It's about 42 bucks a month currently. And the image one as well. Dolly's been around before oh. ChatGPT. That's Dolly, D-A-L-L-E-D. -E. And now, um, and then there's people trying to integrate, like have ChatGPT, have Dolly. Right. And then there's all these other tools like Synthesizer, which will have a topic on AI, like heads and videos. Um, but the pro version lets you get past like capacity because right now so many right. people. Get up. So they, they, I, I read yesterday, it was like talking about how many, how long it took to get to 1 million daily users in a day. And it was like Facebook was like three months, like eight months. Oh, other people. Right. It was talking right. And it said that, uh, you know, ChatGPT got to it within one week. One week. The interesting thing though, and, and you may have seen this because we're in similar industries, but there are already businesses built around it. So if you if you look and just scroll through your TikTok meme and stuff, sure. there's already white labeled services that are saying, right? Because now the way everything is built, for twenty dollars a month, you can hire our agency, which is not an agency, right? Right. It's just smoke and mirrors. They have people who sit there and do a block. So it's it actually is the beginning of a new industry right now. I'm sure it'll be a bubble, it'll pop, and people will figure it out. But until the masses understand that. They're paying a chat GPT, but right. paying you as Decky Geek or me as PR Decision, and we're saying we're creating content. They just wait, 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 push. Oh, that, and and copywriting like has all this Jasper has yep. been around for years, and but it's now people like flip out. But why? Because Jasper was you had to pay, right? If you want to do it was I think a minimum hundred dollars a month, but would write articles, or write blog posts, or write descriptions. I get the problem is ChatGPT has for free put this to the masses. So now everyone's getting a hold of it. So here's my question for you, or not a question, just a thought. So in my in in our world, right, I would say that there are people I know who are scared of it. Agencies that are like already thinking we're not going to get this retainer anymore because we do all the copy. We're not going to get this retainer anymore because we do the SEO. In in my world, and I'm wondering your sentiment. If you provide value, they're still going to need the agency or the conduit. This is never going to give you what you and I can give. You can't uh, give the full picture. Of right. And, full and so even though they're going to use it and people are scared of it and it may put a segment out or put people in uh, a disruptive space, I honestly think that things that, that we do by providing the additional value is what will last the test of time no matter what, which is more of a branding thing. Absolutely. So, it's done different than the Hootsuite, right? Hootsuite existing yeah. to let people schedule their posts, build campaigns. The business owners still needed to have the but time. A million dollar businesses have been built. But that was oh, the, that, the convenience of it. Right. Uh, you could, you, your posts went out against all social platforms. Right, but you still 
but you still needed the agency. Right. Yeah, I could go, I could find it, schedule it. But it all comes down to one thing that a lot of business owners don't have is time. Right. And that well, and, 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 and it's wins over. Okay. Right. Time, convenience, and the ability to do it right. Right. Anyone, everyone has a uncle's, cousin's, nephew, son that does computers. Securing a computer and protecting your business is very different. And we all have access to ChatGPT. We all have access to these tools. But properly marketing and branding your business, you guys have the expertise. And that's why you're going to step out, you know, ChatGPT isn't here to replace you. Right. Well, there's also the the lightning in a bottle, right? Like, how do you how do you explain popularity and the phenomenons that happen in social media and on those social platforms? How do people get famous off of that? How do they get how do they get rich off of it? I was in a room full of influencers yesterday at a, at a different partnered media company. Some pretty well known celebrities in the social space, and the commonality that they were all kind of laughing about and joking about that. They don't know how it happened. Right. They they just they social media was an outlet for them. It was their art. It was their their way to express themselves. And people liked it. And then it just it it explodes, right? So that humanality, that real, that relationship, that human factor is it's gonna be supported by tools and technology. Mm-hmm. And that's you know, nothing I don't think ever to get scared of. I don't think it, I don't think the the T one thousand is going to show up. No, I'm not. To your point, distribution is free, right? And people like don't understand what that means. Like when in your previous world, I know my previous world, distribution wasn't free. Right, you had to sign up with when I you know when I first opened here in the island eighteen nineteen years ago, you had to pay in the island. So because that was it, that was distribution. Now distribution is free. So if you don't want to Spend, you could just do what we're doing right now. Create a chat, create content, and distribute it globally, right? Everything is global. You don't have to pay for anything. Right. So if you do it right to the influences and people like it and enjoy it, that's that's it. The other thing with social that's kind of interesting right now is that we as Americans are somewhat the guinea pigs for TikTok. Of everything, unfortunately. For TikTok. We're the only country that's monetized right now by them. And they're watching. They know that we're the ultra consumer. Right, they know that they know that they want all the data, right? And that's all they want. They, they're watching how. Oh, it's Americans. Chinese conspiracy, right? That's what the theory. Is. <laughs> that's what I mean. That's what I heard. It was COVID first. Yeah, right. Right. Certain the they sent us the wool. Certain governments and they're like uh, states are banning the use in like government agencies. Yep. Just they're worried it's all, but your buddy doesn't even know what it is. So don't worry about it. <laughs> Weed in the free world. So anyhow, we should start. Uh, Wrap it up here. I really appreciate you guys coming out. Uh, Mike Bloomfield from Techie Geek, Anthony Rapachulo from PR Cision. Uh, great conversation about hearing your stories, your journeys, how you got here. Really looking forward to bringing in a couple of guests, getting to hear their position on some of the things that we've talked about. Uh, also bringing to the table some of the new things. So for all the subscribers and viewers out there, we appreciate you. Subscribe, come back, listen. Please get social with us. Uh, Feel free to bring up any questions, anything that you want us to hear. Mike will be on there later posting about chat GBT and being able to share. Well, will it be you? And I'll probably be chat GBT posting. Probably. So anyhow, that being said, M Squared coming to you live from Staten Island. Peace.